Welcome back, all you Ugnots and Jawas out there. This is Mando Talk, where we talk about The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. I'm your host, Caleb Keller, and I am joined alongside my weekly co-host, Nolan Ferris. Nolan, how you doing? I'm doing good, bud. How are you doing? I am doing great. We get to talk about this episode of The Mandalorian here together. And overall, just before we dive deeper into this, I would say that this was a solid episode. I don't have many complaints. Nolan, anything on the surface you first want to say? No, I mean, I think we definitely get to see more of the relationship bonding between the two main characters that we have right now, um, which is, you know, the baby. I, there's, we're st- still all calling him Baby Yoda until we know baby otherwise. Yoda. Yeah, and then the, the Mandalorian, of course. So that was really cool to see in this episode. Yeah, so speaking of that, just because you said Baby Yoda, it made me think. If you actually go online now on Amazon, they are now releasing a bunch of Baby Yoda merch. So if you want to get your fresh Baby Yoda t-shirts, go on Amazon Prime. You know, Cyber Monday, uh, it's on coming up Monday. You can use uh, Amazon to get those deals on Baby Yoda t-shirt. I think I'm going to get one, Nolan. You going to get one? I don't know. I might. <laughs> <laughs> so we get into this episode here where we see some interaction between, like he said, the Mandalorian and the Baby Yoda. But all of that gets set up here with a first look at the planet Sorgan, where we see kind of how this episode is going to go from the very beginning. It's got to do with these raiders. They're the Clatoonian raiders coming into this town where there's a bunch of villagers and farmers. Uh, they're just trying to make a living, but they're taking everything that they're doing. And that sets up the story here that the Mandalorian is going to take on inside this chapter. Uh, there's not much really that happens here, except just a lot of craziness goes down. Looks like some people are getting bullied and then we get the episode squared away and we're going to see how, where this takes us. Yeah. And that leads us to, I mean, it pretty much sets up the, uh, the chapter's title, which is, is sanctuary. And so I think we kind of see that this is a peaceful place, but it's having some problems with, it looks like just some bullies. So yeah, and I would say, kind of before we go forward, that's a good representation of where the galaxy is at this point, yeah. because the Empire has freshly fallen uh, five years after Return of the Jedi. They're gone, and we keep getting these little hints here and there, where even the Mandalorian in the previous episode says the New Republic's a joke. Yeah, pretty and much, yeah. now Kara, this new chick in this new episode, says that she left what they were trying to do because she was sick of the politics. So that's a good representation of the state of the galaxy right now. It's just all these people really doing whatever they want to do, whatever they can do to survive. And we see that really early on here in this episode. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it makes me think that the New Republic's not really uh, maybe the best thing. No, it's it. definitely not effective so far. I don't know. It's, it's definitely leading to some more speculation. But uh, so... In the in the planet of Sorgon, you know, we see the attack on the um, from the Clatoonian Raiders, and then it takes us all the way to the Razor Crest, back where we left off of Chapter Three, and so we see Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian in the cockpit of the Razor Crest. Yeah, and inside that cockpit, like you said, that we start to hear that father son relationship build even more and more, where the Mandalorian is just really bossing him around, telling him, You need to do this, don't do this. He's touching all of his gear, and it's pretty funny. Uh, got a few laughs out of me because it reminded me of some childhood memories with my father. Uh, but that was pretty interesting. And it, like you said, this sets up them going to that planet. He finds this planet on his dashboard. He's searching throughout the galaxy, somewhere quiet for him to go, and it looks like the perfect place. Yeah, he's talking about how it doesn't have any spaceports, pretty much, and it, it's it's going to be a really low-key 
low-key spot for them to hide out uh, because, as we know, in, at the end of Chapter 3, everybody's looking for him now. Everybody's got that fob, that uh, bounty fob, and they're all coming for him. Yeah, and it kind of seems like at some point in this episode, the Mandalorian forgets all about that because toward the later part of this episode, we see him act like the fob's not yeah, even he, that big of a deal. Yeah, he kind of drops his guard a little bit, and that that is almost catastrophic. So, But we'll get into that later. And so, so they pick the planet of Sorgan, and they head there. Yeah, and inside that planet, they first go to a tavern, and where when they get in that tavern, uh, we see a Lothcat, which is a reference to Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, which is an animated TV show for Star Wars that you can also watch on Disney Plus. Uh, you'll see those character or those creatures inside that show. And Baby Yoda encounters with that creature. That was pretty funny. But then we get to the Mandalorian being being introduced to Cara Dune or Cara Dune. Not quite sure how you pronounce it, but pretty new character, pretty awesome character so far. And we get to see how they first encounter, which leads to an interesting one on one fight there. Yeah. So he the Mandalorian's walking in this tavern. And he has a seat with his uh, with his Baby Yoda. And then the waitress comes up and he orders uh, some soup. So they're sitting there, and then he asks the um, the waitress, you know, what's the story with this uh, with this interesting looking lady across the room, which we know as Cara Dune. And so, as soon as the waitress leaves, uh, she has vanished. And so, him, you know, an interesting looking figure like that is going to chase after her. He walks outside, and that's where they get into an altercation um, together, which. I mean, they wrestle around for a minute, but, I mean, what did you think about that? Well, it was kind of, I don't know, I thought it was level playing field there. I didn't know who yeah. was a better fighter. It was pretty interesting. I, I mean, we, they definitely got, I mean, they traded blows. I mean, I don't feel like yeah. one of them was better than the other. No, I definitely don't feel that way either, and I think that that's going to be a duo that they're going to continue to use at some point again in this Hopefully show. Hopefully at some point, yeah. Because they work very well together, like LeBron James, Dwayne Wade kind of thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so uh, they go back inside the after they get done fighting, they go back yeah, inside and cool. talk. We're cool. Yeah, whatever. Let's talk about it now. <laughs> yeah. So Kara, Kara, she was thinking that she was the bounty target, right? She was thinking that she was the bounty yeah. target. And that the Mandalorian was coming for her. That's why she took off and that's why she fought him because she thought she was the target. Yeah, and the reason why she thought she was at the target is because she apparently is a former rebel soldier that has now left that and is now on her own. She's getting kind of into her own little rogue business now where she's just doing her own thing. Maybe she's running into some trouble here and there. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, hopefully, like I said, with that connection going on, they'll see each other again at some point. Yeah, she definitely lets us into her past right there about, you know, her being a former rebel soldier and then, you know, coming back to what she's or after, you know, the empire, she calls him the imp. But after the yep. empire fell, she, you know, all the politics took over and she left. Yep. So I don't know if she's a fugitive because of that or if she's got a darker past that we don't know about. But yeah. we do know that she is a really, really tough fighter. Yeah. Well, she talked about taking care of things at indoor. So this is where I really want something to happen. I haven't told you about this yet. We keep getting all these clues and hints about the Mandalorian's childhood, like flashbacks. 
How yeah. awesome, how epic would it be if we get a flashback where we see her fighting alongside Han Solo and Leia and Chewie down on Endor in Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. Even if it's just some young actors they get in to play for those, yeah. just from the back, and you see that, oh, she was there with all those legendary characters, that would be pretty epic. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think she's I think she's younger than that. I think her and the Mandalorian are going to be around the same age, and I think they might have played together as children. Okay, well, yeah, because, that's going back even further. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I don't think that, I don't think that she. Well, we know that she hasn't seen his face, right? So that would be why she wouldn't recognize him. Yes, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, it could go back further than that. Yeah. So we might get even further back flashback, but I'm thinking, you know, it'd be pretty cool if we even got like a five year flashback for her, just to see where she came from before this series. Yeah. And so they're sitting there and they're talking about, um, you know, about her past. And then she says, well, this is my hideout. So, you know, I was here first. So you kind of got to go. So, yeah. And then that's the end of, of that scene pretty much. Yeah. And it flashes to him packing up and getting onto the Razor Crest where we see these two dudes come up. I didn't like these characters. They seem kind of throwaway-ish they didn't really do much for me uh but they convince him to stick around with a conversation that they have which, which was pretty funny to me but he ends up sticking around to help them out which leads to them interacting some more yeah so we find out that these uh these two men uh come from the first village that was attacked the on the first scene of this chapter yep. and so they're from that village and they're looking for sort of a mercenary they they want to hire him uh, to come and fight for them or protect them. And so uh, that's, that's how they, they find him. And then they offer him money and he, you know, he's like, oh, that's not enough. But what really draws his eye is they say it's, uh, they, they're at a place in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Middle of nowhere. Farmer's is, life. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a good place for him to there again, hide out. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then, uh, so when he figures that out, they decide to go back and they're helping. He's the two men are helping him pack up. And so the last thing he asked for is the credits, the credits that yeah. they, that they offered him to, uh, to go protect him. And he takes these credits back to Cara, Cara. Dune. Yeah. Does he give all of the credits to her or does he keep any of it? Or I don't know. I don't, I think he would give them all to her. Yeah, I assumed that he gave all to her, but I didn't know what was really going on there. I don't see why he would keep them, honestly, because he probably feels on top of the world right now with all that best car still he just got. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think he's doing it. I really don't think he's doing it for the money. No, no, I don't. I don't think he's doing bounty hunt. It's kind of like we go back to when we first started this podcast and we talked about how the Mandalorian. We first think he's just this hardcore dude. And the more and more episodes that come out, we peel that layer back and we see like his true personality and his true character come out. And that kind of adds to it. He's not in it for the money anymore. He's just doing things to do good things now at this point. Yeah. And I definitely think that, I mean, that was my original assessment of this chapter is you, you're, he's an onion and you're peeling back the layers yep. and, and he's, he's very deep. I think I think he's got a lot of layers and I think he's got more compassion than most Mandalorians do. Definitely. And that's again, because this is a TV show, they're setting up that character perfectly where we're going to get to see all those peels get 
taken back so yeah. we can see him. Yeah. And another thing that I wanted to touch on right right now is um I just called him a Mandalorian, but we find out that he's actually well, I don't know if he because he would be from the planet Mandalore, wouldn't he not? Well, we don't really know. Well, what we don't know. We I'm assume we're assuming that in that flashback he is on the planet Mandalore, and we're assuming that that's the great purpose. Yeah, the that's flashback occurring. from chapter three. Right. Well, it's been in um, almost all of the episodes so far. Yeah, except this one. Except this one. But the major one we saw was uh, the one in chapter three, where um, you know he's a little boy and he's back with his parents. But that's when his parents get killed, yep. and we get confirmation now in this in the chapter four that his parents are killed. And that the Mandalorian people take him in. Take him in. And he chose to do the Mandalorian life. This is the way. Right. (laughs) This is the way. Yeah. So that was actually one of the questions that we had coming into this podcast episode. Do we really think that the Mandalorian is Mandalorian? And I think we finally have some finality to that. He was a foundling. They took him in. And he's just accepting the culture. Yeah. And that's another term we got clarification on is foundling. A foundling, we thought originally was a, you know, just a kid. It was a it baby, was like a kid Mandalore. Yeah, that's what we that's what yeah. we, we originally thought, and then we went to the idea that it might just be youth of any breed, right? And then because they referred to Yoda as a foundling, yes, baby Yoda, yep, baby Yoda as a foundling, and then now we know that foundlings are orphans, right? With you know. Just doing research on the on the internet and Star yeah. Wars web. So that's even another connection here that we get. Like we see that the Mandalorian, yes, Baby Yoda saved his life, and so he's got reason to protect him yeah. and go after him. But we see that they have similarities here where they're both foundlings. Yeah, they're both they're both orphans, yeah. So they both have that background, and I think that's another thing that he takes into account when it comes to doing all the things he does for him. Do you think that's gonna play a, a bigger role? later on in the in the series i don't know i really don't know i mean i think i think it will I, I think that's i think that's where his fondness starts from is because yeah. he he sees this in chapter one at the end of chapter one he sees this this baby in a in a little you know the little pod the little crib right and i think that's where his fondness starts for baby yoda yes I would definitely agree. Definitely agree. So we get to the next part of this episode here and we, he comes back to the village and he meets Omira and these two interact very heavily throughout this episode where she looks very, very intrigued and interested in him very early on. Yeah. Well, she's a widower and we don't know what she's a widower from. Like if it's from the, from the attacks from the from the raiders yeah. yeah from the raiders we don't know if it's from that or if it's from something, something else. else right but i think she's different i think she's different i don't i don't think she's like the rest of the villagers no she's definitely stands out compared to the rest of them and we see why a little bit later you want to go ahead and touch on it yeah i mean we can uh yeah. so uh basically the mandalorian is preparing them to to fight back pretty much he knows that him and Kara can't do it by themselves and so he's having to pretty much make a militia to right. fight back against the raiders. Yep. And so he asked, you know, the question general to everybody, you know, who can shoot? Who can shoot? And she's, and the, only she's one. the only one that raised her hand. So I think I, I think she's different. I don't know if she's yeah. from there. Well, the, or they took her. I in. don't think that there would be no payoff to her being the only one that raised her hand. There's some reason why she was the only one. Yeah. 
See, I don't, I don't know. Maybe the reason they have such a bond is because she was an outsider at one time, and they took her in from a different place. Maybe that's, that's another why she connection. Has a, that's why she has another a, yeah. a major bond with the Mandalorian. Yeah, but we definitely do see these two characters. I guess it becomes a love interest there toward the end, especially with all the helmet action going on. Yeah. And so we, de- she asked the question, and this is another going back to the Mandalorian uh, culture ways. Culture, that they, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the old ways. Um, she asked him, when's the last time you've had your helmet off? Yeah. And he says, well, I, I had it off yesterday. Right. And then she's like, well, when's the last time you had it? off in front of people mm-hmm. and he points to the the boys playing out in the in the, uh, in the yard there and uh they look about about the, the age that he was from in the, the flashbacks. flashbacks right yeah. yeah and so i was like well i mean that is when he would be taken in by the mandalorian so, so we that, know he's never had his helmet off means, in front of people because we talked about in previous podcast episode what happens after that droid looks at him well, yeah. if he's already that age, then something happens immediately. Something yeah. quick so, for I mean, the Mandalorian people to get him. So is that? But I don't know if that's confirmation. It's not enough for me. No, it's not enough for me not. to draw a conclusion that the Mandalorian people were there. No, I need to see it. The Mandalorian warriors were there, and they saved him. Yeah, I want to see it for sure. But we we further this helmet thing, and this part. I mean, my eyes got wide. I was thinking, exactly. where is this yeah. going? He takes his helmet off, but of course, his face is not on the shot. Right. And we see the helmet set down on the table right beside his plate that he's fixing to eat. Yeah, and this is because Omera, you know, I guess they have like a big group dinner or whatever. And she comes in to uh, the barn, which is where they put the Mandalorian up for the time being and uh, with a plate of food. And she's like, well, I noticed you didn't eat out there. And then that's when they talk about the helmet and everything. And uh, because he, he can't eat and with his helmet on. So he has to take his helmet off to eat. And yep. we see that, you know, I, I've wondered about that, but I wasn't for sure if they ever took it off. Like ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, different creature or something. Right. And so we see that he takes his helmet off to eat. And that's, uh, I don't know. It adds more. I mean, that's another layer. Yeah. That just gave me the immediate question that I think probably a lot of people out there are wondering, are we going to see, the Mandalorian's face before this season is over. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be this season or the next season, but I think, I think, I think we're going to, because we almost see it at the, towards the end of this episode. Yes. Where we're teased yet again. Yeah. That Omira takes it, tries to take it off of him. Yeah. Because she wants him. Well, okay. Well, she wants him to stay, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But before we move on to further the point of kind of why I believe we're going to see his face before the season is over. The actor that plays the Mandalorian is Pedro Pascal. And this guy's huge. Yeah. There would be no reason for them to have a huge Hollywood actor to play the Mandalorian and not show his face. So I I just see it as a situation where they're going to have to reveal him soon. Not, not necessarily like next week or two weeks, but last episode, maybe I think we'll see his face. And that might be the last shot we see of this season. Maybe. But if, if for those who don't know who this character or this actor is, and you've watched um, Narcos, Narcos on, yeah, that's where I know him yeah. from. Game of Thrones. It's, He's also big on Game of Thrones. Okay, well, I haven't watched that, so well, you need to don't shame me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but that's where I know him from is Narcos, the uh, Netflix original series on um, that covers the the cartels, 
and he's one of the main characters in there. So he's definitely a really, really good actor. And, and I'm like you, why would you have a, a an actor like right. that with a, you know, it's kind of pointless. Yeah. If you, if you have him and not use his face. Right. And another thing that a lot of people in the fan base were going to be, were bothered by before this ever got aired. Cause I just hear it through social media and looking at other videos and podcasts out there. People were thinking it's not really going to be Pedro Pascal underneath all that gear and under that armor. But you think it is from the things that I've seen and comparing that to, cause he's an incredible just body actor. And right. I think that we can indicate that it's him and the majority of the scenes that we're getting. I truly believe that it's him just based off of what I saw in game of Thrones. Yeah. I got you with that. So the next place we go is, uh, let's see. Um, well, they, him and, uh, car, Kara start to attack. Well, no, no, no. They train them first. This is where they start to train. They realize that they they signed up for more than yeah. what they wanted to. And they realize that when they they took almost like a scouting trip. Yeah, they're scouting out. They're, they were scouting out. They were walking in the uh, in the outskirts of the uh, the village there in the woods. Because this uh, is that I mean you've watched it, so y'all know what it looks like. But in the woods, they find out that it's uh it's going to be a bigger job than what they thought. Right. Cause they see an ATST footprint. Yeah. And the ATSTs again, tie back to the original trilogy were huge in the battle of Endor. So again, episode right. six tie in. So to me, that tells me that Kara's seen these in action before. And, and we, and she tells us that in the, uh, yeah. And she, she she's seen she's them blow seen, up a bunch of people. Yeah. She's seen them blow up platoons at a time. Yeah. So she's seen these things in action, and she knows that they're they're really bad news. Yeah. So that entices them to first. We flash forward to Mandalor the Mandalorian talking to the villagers, and he says, "Y'all gotta leave. You're dead." Yeah. He <laughs> says, "You can't stay here no more." Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys seen that thing, but it's huge. And then after the villagers kind of persuade him yet again, he's like, "Well, we could train him." And so that gets us to the next part of the episode. It really reminded me a little bit of. Mulan there when they were training with those sticks. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And and uh so that brings us to what we were talking about earlier where Omera, which is the Mandalorian's love interest, um that we think. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we think. I mean it's it's obvious they have yes, a bond. I, I would say though they had a bond. I said at the top that I didn't have many complaints. I think that this love interest kind of thing was pushed a little too quick. I don't know. I felt like they just connected really, really, really quick and there was no context behind it. If you're kind of catching that drift, you yeah. may not be, but yeah, I'm. We might get we might get like a little bit of snippet of it. Yeah, who knows? In the next episode, hopefully. Yeah, but he definitely. I mean, he kind of fell hard there. Yeah, me. he was interested. I mean, even her touching his helmet later tells me that he was interested. Yeah, because I mean, when the uh, when the bigger Mandalorian grabbed Touched his it. helmet and tried to take it off. Right. Well, they got into a knife fight about right. it. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I mean, he didn't try to cut her up. True. Very true. <laughs> so, but that brings us to the part where Omera is the uh, only one that can shoot and she can shoot very well. Yes. That we see later because they're training and she just sits there and blows up the target consistently over and over with every single round. Right. And so after that scene, we go to Mando and Kara they're sneaking in to the Raiders camp Yep, and uh, they get into a fight there. I mean, it's, it's pretty much your basic fight scene. Yeah. It's inside the tent. They, 
first he tries to plant one of those things that he blew up the entire wall in the previous chapter. Right. And now he's trying to blow up the tent. And so he sets that, but then they're stuck there because some of these raiders are coming in and a little brawl transpires. Yeah. I mean, what they're trying to do here is that everybody's ready at the village. They're all lined up. They've built barricades and, and they've done everything and they're ready for the fight. Yeah. It's and, like they're just trying to wake the beast kind of is yeah, what it seems like. That's exactly that's exactly what I think they're trying to do. I think they're trying to just poke him and uh and to draw them in to to cuz they're ready, but these people obviously were caught off guard. Yeah. And so they're just trying to draw them in. Yeah, I don't I didn't really get much. I didn't think like the action shots in that side of this thing were just the best that we've seen. I mean, it was okay. Do I mean, get- I don't know. That draws me back to the uh the acting from Kara, I, I don't know. I it for me, it wasn't the best, right? But that's putting her up well, against see, really stiff competition. I was more impressed with her fighting, yeah, her body acting, yes, because she has the background of being a WWE, one of those yeah. superstars. Uh, was it a diva, a WWE, you know, something diva? like that? I don't know, but she would be part of i don't i don't know i don't get into wwe but she was part of their promotion where she was the one that would get into fights and stuff like that and you she's been in a bunch of different and films. she's huge yeah she's been in a bunch of different films she's actually been in the fast and furious yeah. franchise yeah I, was, and I, she, I think she fights the rock in one yeah. of them and that fight scene's actually pretty epic yeah and i was thinking that i was going to see that come into this well we see it well, a little definitely bit do when she I'm with pretty much the, owns the Mandalorian right. in the first interaction they have together. Right. So I'm impressed with that. And that's everyone expected that. And now the biggest complaint that's always been her on her throughout her career was like the acting part of it, her yeah. verbalizing and portraying a scene. And there were some times where I was like, okay, I'm sold. She's good. And then there were also some times where I was like, eh, she didn't really deliver. Yeah. I mean, definitely when she's trying to uh, to get everybody to leave there after the Mandalorian says, all right, well, y'all got to go. Yeah. But then he, she's like, well, I can't do any worse than that, so let me try. And she talks right. to him. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just didn't get the feel from her. But yeah, I hopefully think it, this won't be the last we see of this Yeah, character. it might be one of those situations where, you know, that's probably the first thing that she shot for the Mandalorian. So right. it might be where she gets more comfortable with the character of Kara, sorry, Kara, and she gets to understand what she needs to do more and more to portray that character perfectly. So we might see her get more comfortable with the character. Yeah. It, I mean, that is if we see the character again. Uh, no, again, I think it's one of those situations where big actress, we'll see her again. Yeah. And again, Black Friday shopping I did today. She's one of those toys that you can get out there I don't think they would just promote her so, yeah. like crazy She's for a, one episode. Yeah. They, they didn't have any IG-11 toys, which is from nope. the first chapter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, you know, he was on the poster. like or the, the He's uh, on title. the title card for when you pull up Disney Plus and you pull up the Mandalorian. Him, Kara, and Mando. So IG-11, Mando, Kara are the three people you see. Yeah, and he gets whacked the first episode. Yeah, and he's gone. Ah. Uh, so I would. I wish we could have seen more of him too. I do too. I do too. Because I really like that character. And so they blow up this tent, and that awakens the beast. It it awakens the ATST. It comes out of the forest, and it just lurks. And then they just take off where they have now set up the trap that they had hoped for. 
And we kind of see some shot there where it's lurking toward them through the forest yeah, with, with the, those two with red, the red eyes. red eyes, yeah. I thought that was neat. Yeah, I don't know why, but it reminded me of Stranger Things whenever the Demogorgon's above the town and you can just see it lurking. Yeah, like over the school? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that. It just that. made me think but of I it. But I do now, I it, do now, It just yeah. made me think of that scene, kind of like that, huh. visually. It's kind of like it's bigger than all of them. Yeah, with the, and then <laughs> with the huge. two red eyes, yeah. yeah. And so and that's when this big battle scene takes place and, and the uh, ATST walks up and then along follows the the Raiders, the the I don't even know how to say that name or what they're called. The the Clatonian Raiders. Clatonians. Yeah. So they they they're marching behind him and they they take off after him. And uh, I don't I don't know what you think about that. The battle scene. The battle. I guess. Well, their plan doesn't really go what they thought because the ATST stops before they get into the water. So their plan was to get the ATST to trip and fall into the water. They dug a hole. They dug a hole. Okay, <laughs> they, yes. They yeah, I remember. They yeah. dug a big hole for him to fall into. And they okay. and, and I guess it matched their rice fields. Yeah. Okay, so it that didn't happen the way they had hoped it to. No, because he stopped before he stopped. Right. So then the battle continues and Kara has to do some things to get that ATS. Yeah, it would would have been too easy if if they just marched right over there. Of course. But, you know, knowing the Mandalorian runtime, they could have cut out seven minutes and made it a 30 minute episode that normally is. Yeah, I know. I'm glad this episode was longer. So that's when we see the uh, their plans start to fall apart is when uh, the ATST stops in front of the the hole that they've dug. And so Kara has to come up with a new plan because it's really her, her plan. Mostly she's, she's come up with training the training, the militia. And so she's got to come up with a new plan and the Mandalorian's looking to her. Everybody's looking to her because the ATST starts to fire on the village, which we know that the baby Yoda and all of the, the, the younglings, the kids are in one of the hutches. So yeah. we don't want him to shoot at, at them anymore. And so that's when she comes up to the plan to pretty much draw the fire off of the village. And what she does is she asks for the the rifle, the, the rifle from the Mandalorian, his long rifle, the one that uh that does so much damage. That is awesome. Yeah, it's all it's and it's like a I don't know, obliterator. I mean, it just incinerates the target. And so she asks for it, and we find out the name of that gun. It's called a pulse rifle. Right. And so she jumps over into one of the krill pits. And starts firing at the ATST and draws the fire from the village. Yeah. So I think pulse rifle is definitely probably what most people call those weapons. However, I think it'd be pretty epic if later on the Mandalorian decides to call it something else. Yeah. Kind of like how in because I know you kind of name is kind of name is gun. Yeah, I know you haven't seen Game of Thrones, but Jon Snow and basically all of the important characters have a name for their sword. Right. So I think it'd be pretty cool if he has a name for that rifle. It'd be neat to see. So she uses that rifle to shoot at the ATST. And like you said, it's really just drawn fire away from the ATST shooting at everything else. And she's slowly getting it to inch closer and closer and closer. And she finally gets, I guess, one of the shots inside yeah. the cockpit. She shoots it like, 
I guess through, if this thing had a face, it would be through the eye. Through the eye, right. And uh, that, I guess, disorients the ATST kinda a little bit. Kind of gives it like a concussion if you kind of think yeah, of it I that mean, way. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like a headshot. I mean, you right. see the 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 cabin of the ATST rock back like it was right. a headshot. Yeah, and so it rocks, and then it finally takes another step forward and falls into the little hole, and the Mandalorian sees his opportunity. He takes off running, and again, he uses one of those cool little detonators he throws it off in there, yeah. and we see that cargo get blown up. Yeah, and this is where I would like. I wish they would have done more. Yeah, I don't. I would have liked to seen who was inside the ATST. If it was one of the uh, one of the raiders, right? Or if it was uh, somebody that maybe had like an imperial more training <laughs> in okay. that in that format. So I think yes, that'd have been cool to see. I'm going to lean toward it being a raider i'm just gonna assume that it was the only reason why i say that is because i think if it was an imperial type of person that was more sophisticated with using the atst i think it would care a little bit more of how what the condition of that vehicle was in yeah that thing was just and they usually don't they usually don't roam by themselves no not the not the imperial people no i I wouldn't see them you know separating and drawing it up with some oh no shot i don't think so but it finally falls. They appear to have won the won the battle, and that's when the leader, I guess the leader, got distracted, saw it blow up, and the leader gets killed off by those two dudes I said earlier that I didn't really see any. Yeah, the leader of the Clatonians. Yeah, that looked the, like a, the like Raiders. A dog. Yeah, the one so that he gets like a he dog. gets distracted, and the two uh, main I guess main villagers, I, uh, the I ones think... that find the the Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, they uh, they take care of him. Yeah, with their they're sharpened with sticks. Their sharp sticks. Because <laughs> so, that's all they had. So yeah. um, they obviously couldn't shoot like uh, O'Mara. And so it, that kind of ends the battle. Yeah. It, overall thoughts on the battle? You like it? It was it was good. Yeah. I think, I don't know, it reminded me of, uh, an, I, I, it reminded me of like the Revolutionary War, how like you had the British that were well armed and everything, uh-huh. and then, you know, your militia. Yeah, <laughs> they were just farmers. That. I mean, I can, they were they were literally farmers. I can see that. It honestly reminded me. This goes back to me watching the Clone Wars as well. There's an episode inside the Clone Wars where Anakin and Obi Wan show up and train these villagers how to fight, and they end up fighting off all these droids. It yeah. reminded me of that. So it was something we've actually kind of already seen in Star Wars, but yeah. just in a different. Yeah, I mean, way. it's just the classic, you know, David versus Goliath, right? Kind of deal. Yeah, train the little guy so they can beat the big ones. Right. So I mean, that was pretty cool to see. That that was pretty much what I took from the uh, from the battle scene, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was good. It was a good battle scene, and that's probably the one of the most interesting things in this chapter. Would you say? I would agree. I would say that the battle was the climax, and the well, I think the thing we haven't touched on yet is the most interesting thing. But the battle would be the climax. Like yep. the most interesting thing is what happens at the very end that we could probably talk about for a little bit. One of them. I mean, there's a bunch of little Easter eggs at, at the end that, that we're going to touch down. True. And I think the first thing we need to touch on is the, so after the battle scene, it, it you know, cuts, and we go to the next scene, which is um, Kara and the Mandalorian are sitting on the front porch of, I guess, like the barn where the Mandalorian's staying. Right. And she's asking about his helmet like uh, Omera did. Yeah. And she's basically saying... You're not going to take that off. 
and or you're choosing to not take that off instead of going after this woman pretty much is yeah. what she's saying i mean she said you know um you could stay here with your kid and enjoy life yeah and enjoy life and just hang out right or you could uh leave your helmet on and you know she asked Continue. him what's the what's the reason right and he really doesn't give any clarification. Uh, this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. That's what that's what I'm gonna go with. And so um so then we get I don't know, it, it made my stomach drop when he said, I'm just gonna leave him here talking oh, about know. baby Yoda. I got really upset at this point because I thought it was gonna happen. I did too. And he was gonna leave baby Yoda behind, and I thought that I was gonna possibly cry if he had left baby Yoda. Yeah, behind. if we'd have lost this character so early. And, I mean, yeah. we're not even. This is the halfway mark in this series, right? Right. Yes. The eight episodes. There is eight episodes in the first season, and we have now hit chapter four. Yeah, so chapter four recap. So, so they got to wrap it up. We we have now seen as much as what's left. We're at the halfway yeah. point, which that's is God, crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> When's season two coming out? <laughs> there's, there's. They, they I'm gonna be. I'm gonna it. be ready for that. I'm. What I'm assuming is same time next year. Yeah. Same probably same time next year. Yeah. But they also have more Disney Plus TV shows down the pipe, so Yeah. But I think with the amount of buzz and hype that this has created, I think that it would hurt them if they didn't release it next year. If they waited 2 years to sh- to show season 2. Yeah. Well, I mean, um what's the the Favro? Yeah. He said that they're shooting. Oh yeah, now. They're, they're shooting right now. Yeah, for season two. Yeah. Because he's been posting stuff on Instagram of the Mandalorian's helmet and everything about shooting right now. And Ryan Johnson, the director of The Last Jedi, went to the set and visited last week. Ooh. Or, you know, some people call him Ruin Ooh. Johnson. But we can talk about that in another podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to happen. Um, so I know we're getting off track, but one more question before we get off that topic. Do yeah. you ever see a Mandalorian movie? Of the Siege of Mandalore. Just that. Where we see the Baskar steel getting taken and imperialized and uh, turned into, you know, imperial treasure. I'm going to say no, because I think the Clone Wars, when it comes back for its last season, or supposed last season, here in February is when it's supposed to come out. I think that's the moneymaker for the show. Like that season for the Mandalorian, is, f- no, for the Clone Wars. Yeah, I think in this season that they're coming out with in February, the Siege of Mandalore is what is going to draw people in. Because yeah, cause it's gonna, one, we're going to. I know you're see. you're currently watching the Clone Wars, right? Yeah, I'm I'm just about done okay. with season one. Well, you'll see once you get to the point where it leaves off, is that it's lining up perfectly for them to now in the next season of Clone Wars touch on Siege of Mandalore. So I think we won't see the Great Purge. Live action. I think they're going to touch on that in the Clone Wars. To draw people to the Clone Wars. Right. So we get clear. Okay. All right. Well, back to uh, back to the this chapter. We see, you know, Kara and the Mandalorian, they're talking about, well, why don't you just stay here? Why don't you take off your helmet and give up bounty hunting and stay here? And this is, again, why I think that the Mandalorian is not doing it for the money. He's obviously not doing it for the money. He gave his bounty up to protect these people. For just a place to hide out, just to lay low yes. for a little while. Yeah, and I think that's generally what he wanted. I, I think he 
his plan was to find a place, a safe place to lay low, to lay well, to put baby Yoda. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so you think that it was kind of like twofold here where he was a looking for a quiet place so people weren't like his trail wasn't as hot and B also find somewhere for baby Yoda to be dropped off. Yeah. Well, here's another here's another thing I want to I don't know yet. Are the tracking fobs that all these people have, who are they for? Are they for Baby Yoda or are they for the Mandalorian? I don't know. That's don't a know. great question because because we, that would that would matter on who who's going to get chased after. Like if the Mandalorian's plan is to leave Baby Yoda here right. unprotected because these people can't they're they're they needed help. They uh-huh. they they can't defend anybody. Right. Can't defend themselves. So who is the tracking fob for the Mandalorian and he knows that? Or is the tracking fob for Baby Yoda and he's leaving it him undefended? Might be one of those situations where they both now have a tracking fob on them. Maybe. And now it's just well, if you find one of them, you're more than likely gonna find the other as well. Right. You think there's a bounty on both of their heads? Well, there's going to be on say, the Mandalorian at some point. Yeah, I would definitely say there's a bounty yes. after what happened at the end of chapter three oh, with definitely. all the uh, with all the Mandalorians coming in and just right killing every bounty hunter. There's got to be right. a bounty on the the man the main definitely. character Mandalorian. And Karga is still out there, and he yeah. knows that he wants the Mandalorian taken. And so that's a question. That's a question we're going to have to have answered in this season. Yes. Well, just just who is who's the bounty fob for? Is it for Baby Yoda where, you know, if he does find a calm spot to drop Baby Yoda, if he's will he get tracked anymore? Okay. And then maybe the Mandalorian can leave him and draw all the attention away from Baby Yoda. Right. Well, I think at the end of this episode we can we might answer that question that you have. Because we, so toward the end of the episode, it looks like this bounty hunter arrives. Okay. And he puts his scope on the Mandalorian first. Exactly. And then he puts it on baby Yoda. Well, he ends up attempting to kill baby Yoda. Yeah. So that tells me that it's still baby Yoda that he's tracking. At least on the surface is what I'm taking it as. Yeah. On the surface. But it could also be one of those situations where. I don't know. Maybe the Imperial people have switched here. They want Baby Yoda dead because they got what they needed from him. Did they get because he shot the he shot the droid? They they okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, so maybe it's just back to Warner Herzog's character doesn't care if he's dead or alive. So he's thinking if I kill Baby Yoda first, then I can go after the Mandalorian. And if I bring both of these guys in, I'm the greatest out there. See, I don't know. I definitely think if, if if you killed Baby Yoda first, it's gonna it's gonna make the Mandalorian very very vulnerable. Yes, and very upset. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely gonna see some rage, which yes. would be awesome. It would be very cool. But I don't want to see Baby Yoda killed just to see rage. <laughs> no, that's true. But yeah, we're we're getting toward the very end of this episode, and we gotta talk about the helmet. Right. Yeah. So Amira attempts yeah. to take off the Mandalorian's helmet yeah, yet she's, again. She's trying to get him to stay. He pulls her aside. He goes and grabs her and says, Hey, right. hey, can we talk? Yeah. And he pulls her aside and uh he's telling he 
he's telling Omera, you know, I'm, I'm leaving the kid here. Right. And she's asking him to stay. And then she reaches for his helmet. Yeah. And we, bef- well, he stops her first, and then immediately following after that, we hear the shot. Yeah. Well, he says this place isn't for me. Right. So he was going. Yeah. So I, I wish they would have just left that part out to where it would have left you to think, would he have stayed? That's what I was wanting to see is like them leave it out and then something happened, you know, because we saw the bounty hunter. Okay. And if they would have left that part out, then you'd have been you'd have been questioning me like, well, if that bounty hunter wouldn't have showed up and made Yoda, baby Yoda a target again, would he have stayed? Would the Mandalorian have stayed? Yeah, I and just think. been a happy, happy little family. I don't think he would have. You don't? Mm-hmm. You think he's got more of his culture? Yes, I think he's full on Mandalorian. Like he wants to be. Yeah, like it's that constant struggle that he's fighting right now. Like he wants to be full on Mandalorian, but he's also got those ticks that he has to fight off on a daily basis. Right. I see that. But she almost gets she almost gets his helmet off. Yeah, and then he puts his hands on her and puts it back down. And then the shot hurt around the world. Right. So the shot ends up being that bounty hunter puts the scope on Baby Yoda. And we think that it's him shooting down Baby Yoda when mm-hmm. we hear the shot. But yeah, it's there actually again, I you know, I had a heart, heart stopping moment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it was Kara that shot the bounty hunter from behind. And my immediate question after that was, how did she know that that bounty hunter was there? I don't know. See, this is my thing when it comes to that, because I know we talked about it off air, but she is being hunted as well. Because at the beginning of the episode, that's the reason that her and the Mandalorian get in the fight is because she's being hunted as well. She's got a bounty on her as well. And so maybe she's just got to keep eyes in the back of her head. And she saw this bounty hunter coming up on the Mandalorian. And yeah. got the jump on him because he was so focused on his target. Well, you know, she kind of had his back right there. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think there's anything extra going on there. I just think that it's interesting to think about. Could be. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But that's uh, that's another little thing there that we don't know for sure. I mean, I've got my opinions and you've got yours. Yeah. But I don't know for sure. Well, it was kind of like that last episode. We thought Grief Cargo was a really cool dude, and then he turns out double-crossing him a little bit. Oh, so yeah, you just sure. kind of expect that to happen, you know, throughout yeah. the series. He gave point. me a gut feeling, though. Yeah. Do you think... Uh, well, so that takes us to the last part of this episode uh-huh. where the Mandalorian's loaded back up. Yeah, and it looks like she is, too. Yeah. Because she's got a bag. You think? You think she's leaving, too? I didn't see that part. She Is throws she, a bag over her shoulder and she they interlock oh, hands yeah, and she's until like, see, until we, we see, see each other time. again or something yeah. like that. Which leads you to believe we're going to see this character again. We'll see her again. I'm, I don't know. I can say that. With, I think I can say that with full confidence. We'll see her again. Okay. Well, Pauls, do you think we're going to see the Ugnaught again? I don't think we'll see him in season one. Chapter one and two. I don't think we'll see him in season one, but I think we've touched on this actually in an earlier podcast episode. Where, because that was one of my favorite characters, right? Where they have now seen the fan base love that character, it's going to be something that they bring back next season, season two. Yeah, now that they've seen that everyone loves him, they'll find a way to incorporate him at some point just to give that like thank you to the fans that have been following along. But I don't think we'll see him again this season, yeah. See, I don't, I don't know, 
because that's one I would like to see again. Oh, for but sure. But he's going to have to go all the way back to that planet, and that's in the outer rim. Right. So he's going to have to go all the way back to the planet that he was on. Maybe we'll see some Blurgs again. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, we'll see he's some. He's going to be riding some Blurgs again. Yeah, Blurg riding. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. And so that pretty much, I mean, so they're loading up. They're loading yep. up all the Mandalorian stuff on this. Uh, on this. And another thing, this is a droid carriage. Carriage thing. again. I guess, yeah, this is a droid. It's like the same looking crap. one that was in the previous that was chapter. In, yeah, in chapter three that he tried to escape on. Right. Is he developing more trust in droids? Because I know we had those theories in, in on chapter one and two that yeah. he just had. Uh, he didn't. I don't know. He just he didn't, didn't trust them. Yeah. Trust issues because of that flashback that we see. Yeah. All the droids coming in there and killing. But I don't this know. This is the second time we see him get on a droid powered crap. And in, I think in both situations, though, he doesn't really have a choice. Yeah. I mean, that's probably his <laughs> long walk. I would yeah. want it. He's got yeah. a lot of gear, too. Right. So they go separate ways, and we are now again left with questioning what's going to happen next. We don't know where he's going. We don't know where she's going, but obviously we're going to follow along with where he's going. There's no telling. As far as what you want to see next, is there anything initially that you're thinking about? I don't know. He's going to have to. He's going to have to figure out who's coming after him. Right. And then there's also this character that we still haven't seen, and that's Gus Fring off of Breaking oh, Bad. Breaking Bad. I'm still I have seen that on, one. Still waiting on seeing him. Yeah. So Gus Freen is the bad guy in Breaking Bad, and yeah. in the trailers, he's the bad guy. Is he Imperial? In is the trailers, Imperial? we have seen him flying a TIE fighter. Yeah, and so... And man, he's wearing know. all black, which means yeah. Imperial, more than likely. No. I think uh -huh. he's the head on show. I think the, the level guy. of command goes Gus Fring's character and then Warner Herzog's character. Yeah. What is Gus Fring's real name? I know we're referring to like characters from different shows, but um, I'm not sure. Anyways, the um, so we haven't seen that character yet, right? Do you think we'll see him in the next episode? I hope so, but I don't know what to expect. I really want to because you think we got four more episodes left. Well, do you think he's just going to keep bouncing around, or is he going to try to get to the root of the problem? And he might be going, and that's oh, that might be where we see. Him go back to Warner Herzog's character, and uh, and that might be the ones where we see the, the stormtrooper oh, helmets. We still haven't seen the stormtrooper helmets. The stormtrooper helmets on the spikes, like, on the spikes, and in the sand. Yeah. And we still haven't seen him blast his way out through stormtroopers. Yeah, there's still a lot we haven't seen. Ooh, and we were talking about this off air. At some point, we're going to see Baby Yoda use the Force again before this season's over. Oh, we have to. So I don't think there's no way around that. There's a lot of things that we could hit on before this season's over. Do you think that we're going to see him try to get to the root of the problem? Do you think we're going to see him go back to the Imperial and wipe them out? Because I feel like he's a confrontational person. Yeah. He definitely doesn't mess around. No. So... Especially when people are trying to come, he's not. He's not usually the the prey. He's more of yeah. the predator. Well, at some point, he's going to have to meet his enemy face to face. Who's his enemy? I at this point, it's the guild. <laughs> it's everybody, really. It's but the, the guild. guild the guild time. is his major enemy right now. Yeah, I feel the same way because yeah. he broke the rules in chapter three yeah. by inquiring. I guess, but on, obviously, on the guild and or the empire has tremendous 
trust in the guild getting their dirty work done. So yeah. they're going to, I think they're going to basically just team up to go after him. You think it's going to be funded by the Empire? Because, well, you know, he, he did go in there and blast his way out. It could be. It could be. Oh, and here's another thing. Why don't you think he killed the doctor? Do you think Do you think there was a reason he didn't kill the doctor? I think the only reason why he didn't kill the doctor was because he could tell genuinely that the doctor cared about Baby Yoda. What do you think they were doing to Baby Yoda? I think that they were trying to clone Baby Yoda. That's my theory. Yeah, I know we talked about this earlier, and he's wearing a patch. A Camino patch. A Camino patch. Which Camino is the planet where they initially created the clones. The clones. During yeah. the Clone Wars. And so he's wearing a Camino patch. So they would not put that little detail in there if there was not cloning somehow involved. Even if so there's two theories out there. Either Baby Yoda is already a clone or this Camino doctor is wanting to create a clone. See, I'm leaning more that way. Yes, same. Because we know, we don't know the, the species name of Baby Yoda, but we know it's very, very rare right. in the galaxy for these creatures to appear. Correct. We always know they're strong with the Force. Yep. And so I think they're trying to clone to make more of them. But since they're so rare, I think they're trying to clone them. That's what I think. I agree. No, that'd be, that's a good point. But I think it's just so interesting because we have these now new TV or not TV, these new movies where it can't be something too huge or else we would have seen it in the movies. Like if there's yeah. a bunch of these baby Yodas out there, it'd be hard for them to not show that in the movies. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's kind of like that Rogue One situation when they came out with that movie. Like, they had to kill all those characters off because we never heard about them in the original trilogy. Well, that's why I think, I don't know if they got all the material from Baby Yoda before he got uh, rescued. Because uh, Werner, Werner Herzog's character, he says, you know, gather everything you need from right. the specimen. Right. You know, I can't protect you anymore. And I'm assuming that that's taken what they need to clone him. Yeah. And when um, when the Mandalorian breaks into their little operating room, he shoots the drone, and the drone has a syringe in his hand, like a needle right. in his hand. So, Like it's taking whatever it needs DNA. away from him. Yep. Medichlorians. There's no telling. Hmm. I guess we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> I don't but know. as far as just things you want to touch on in this episode, is there anything else you want to discuss? Or No, nah, I mean... It, we're, I don't know. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to learn more in the next episode before I wanna. Before I wanna dive into this. Yeah, more. I think this next episode is gonna be. It's gonna give us at least the direction that the rest of this way is going. Yeah, I think yeah. it's gonna start a plot thread that doesn't wrap all the way up until the final episode. Kind of like how the first three chapters went together. I think four through eight are going to wrap up like, well, actually I think this fourth one was a setup again, yeah. but I think five through eight is going to be like a wrap up together. Yeah. What I hope doesn't, I hope he goes back and confronts the problem. That's what I hope happens yeah. in the next episode. So that's, uh, that's my conspiracy theory. Yeah. I guess I I'd leave you with. That's going to be my hope as well. Cause I just want to see as much action as possible. Yeah. And I want to see as much empire action inside of this thing as possible as well. I'd like for him to uh, go back and confront the uh, the Imperial people and get more steel for his people, I for agree. the Mandalorians. Well, again, that's something we haven't even talked about. Are we going to see the Mandalorian people again? I think we will. Okay. Do you? Because they have to relocate. Yeah, they, have, yeah, they, they expose themselves. Because that was kind of their hideout. But I think we'll see them again. Yeah. It might, in it'll season? Probably, it'll probably be in the season finale. 
Okay. I think somewhere like a hint of what they're doing in season two. Mm-hmm. I think I think the okay late prediction in the end of the season. I think we're going to see a Mandalorian colony starting to form where they're they're training foundlings. Yeah, and young Mandalor- Mandalorians. I, that's definitely going to happen at some warriors. point. Definitely going to happen at some point. I just don't know if it'll be in this season. Because that's just such a a big, that's a big, big deal. Big deal. It's been, what, 40 years since they've been been trying to rebuild it? Yeah, but I mean, Baby Yoda's still just a baby, though. True. (laughs) There's uh, no telling. There's no telling. But we will figure out more about this show the more we go along. And guess what? You can always count on Mando Talk to always talk about it with you. We will be here every Friday to discuss The Mandalorian on Disney+. And also... Coming down the pipe, we have that Rise of Skywalker movie coming out. So we are looking at recording kind of a review episode where I think, is there, are you committing to being there? Are you going to be involved? I, I'll be involved. Okay. And we're gonna, definitely going to have uh, another guest on the show that night, uh, Brandon Anderson. Yep. He's working on our, our logo and doing right. some artwork for us. Yeah, so he's committing on wanting to be there. And then also... I've got my brother is texting gonna, me. Is it going to be a review or is it going to be a bashing of, of episode eight? Of episode eight? Yeah. We can just all throw it all in together. Like yeah. to get us ready <laughs> for the rise of Skywalker. Let's just talk about everything in Star Wars when it comes to movies. Because yeah. this movie's wrapping up everything in Star Wars. As so let's now. just plan on doing that. Now, if that leads to 30 minutes of us, of us just talking about what we didn't like in The Last Jedi, then that's fine. But we'll see. That's probably more like it. Yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> so we got that coming down the pipe. You you can always count on us talking about the Mandalorian, but we are also thinking about some ideas of what else to provide for you when this season ends. Yeah, especially when this season ends, because we want to keep doing this because we're having a blast. I hope you're having a blast listening along with us. Make sure you send in some questions to us if you have those. Send them into Twitter or Instagram at Mando Talk on both of those platforms. And you can also reach out to either me or Nolan via text. Or, you, or on mess- Messenger, on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook Messenger is fine too. Any yeah, way that you can up. get a hold yeah. of us, that works for me. Because what I, we would love to do is feature those questions at the very beginning of the episodes. That way you you know for sure that we are communicating with you. And that way we can create this Star Wars, this positive Star Wars community. Yeah, we, we want to get you guys involved. Together. Yeah, get you guys right. involved with the... Uh, with the podcast here. Um, another thing is, is definitely give us a follow and definitely, uh, yeah. if you haven't listened to all of our episodes, try to go back. Cause I mean, we hint at a lot in the, in the future podcast, we go back and talk about the things we've talked about before and conspiracy right. theories we've talked about before. Yeah. So make and sure you are, debunked, so. you are listening to everything that we put out there because we're connecting them all together to try to bring you the most highest quality content that we possibly can. Anything else you want to say before we wrap this sucker up? Man, I'm good. You good? All right. No, I'm good. Until next time. I have spoken.